So this morning, we are going to be talking about hope, and I'm really, really excited about it. Um, I feel like there's going to be some freedom that comes through this morning. So as I was preparing, I couldn't help but remembering um, an early, early, early memory from our father's house. We were meeting in our living room on the east side, and there were probably 10 people in the living room, maybe, maybe 12. If we count David and babies in the womb, we might have gotten to 12. Um, but I was, had my keyboard in the living room, and I'm playing, and I played this song that says, um, Get your hopes up, lift your head up, let your faith arise. Get your hopes up, our God is for us. He brought us back to life. And I'm singing and playing my heart out, and I open my eyes, and this is what I open my eyes to. <laughs> and I was like, all right, we've heard it once. Let's do it again. Get your hopes up, lift your head up, let your faith arise. These are the people. Get your hopes up. Our God is for us. He's coming back to life. And I was like, oh, gosh. Me and Paul have laughed and laughed and laughed about that story. But really was like, wow, we have a lot of work to do. We're not in touch with God as our hope. We don't understand. I mean, naturally, if you think about us as people in the flesh, are we very hopeful? No. We're actually quite negative for the most part. You know, when you leave different events or different things, what's normally the first thing you talk about? What went wrong? Like, we're naturally pretty negative people. And then when we do hope, we put our hope in the wrong things. So this morning, we're going to be talking about hope. And I just want to put out there that we are just going to scratch the surface <laughs> of all the word has to say about hope. I could stand up here for the next hour and just read scriptures pertaining to hope and I would be reading the entire time, okay? So I'm going to give you part of my journey in growing in hope with the Lord, but I would encourage you to take this and run and get your own history with God in the word, okay? So I'm going to take you back a little bit. In the summer of 21, I had a group of friends that were praying over me and while they were praying, I felt like I heard the Lord whisper to me, you will lack no good thing. Let me back up a little more. <laughs> I had a disease um, called endometriosis. It kept us from being able to have children very easily at all. We do have two boys, complete miracles. Um, the doctors didn't believe we would have any kids. So at this point, I'm in extreme physical pain can't even care for my children I've already had one failed surgery in April now it's like June or July and we're praying and we're believing and we're asking God for more children and I have these people around me and they are praying prayers of faith full of faith God we've seen you do it before we know you can do it again will you allow Paul and Taylor to have another baby and while they're praying these prayers of faith I hear the Lord whisper you will lack no good thing and through my desires and through the prayers, I interpreted that to mean he was going to give us more children. And I knew that that was a scripture, but I wasn't sure where it was. And I went and looked it up. And I found it in Psalm 3410, which says, The lions may grow weak and hungry, but those who seek the Lord will lack no good thing. So I was hanging on to that word. But then just a few months later... I was on the operating table having a hysterectomy. 
So what do I do? With you will lack no good thing. Because I felt very lacking. I felt like I was lacking a lot of good things. I felt like a lot had been stolen from me. So then, that was in August of 21. At the end of 2021, I always pray for a word for the year, and I felt like the Lord told me my word for 2022 was to be hope. And when a year has crushed you as thoroughly as 2021 had crushed me, you don't want to hear hope. I was like, no, I can't do that. Like, I physically feel like I cannot hope. Hope in what? You know, hope deferred makes the heart sick. And my heart was very, very sick at the end of that year. So 2022 begins. Guys, even when we struggle with the Lord, we have to obey. Okay, so he told me my word was hope, and I didn't want it, but I took it because it's what he said. So I start studying hope in the word of God, and I start doing a word study, which means I'm just looking up everywhere it says hope in the Bible. Hope, I go to that scripture, go to that scripture, go to that scripture. And I was stunned to find out to like realize as I'm reading scripture after scripture after scripture, almost all of them say hope in the Lord. Hope in the Lord. Hope in the Lord. And the Lord helped me to see through this that I have had gotten off track and I had put my hope in what the Lord could give me, but not in the Lord himself. And if he wouldn't, if he would have given us another biological child, I don't know that I would have gotten there. I don't know that I would have seen that I had gotten off track and started putting my hope in what the Lord could give me instead of himself. I know for certain I would have given him the glory and the honor and the praise for another child, but there would have been this part of me that was getting sideways, that was going off track, that wasn't putting my hope in the Lord alone and nothing else. So he's drawing me back to his heart not what he can give me, but his heart. And I'm sitting at my kitchen table one morning. And I'm reading a very familiar passage, something I've read several times, but it just came to life in a new way. Shocking, right? <laughs> if you've been walking with the Lord for a very long time at all, I'm sure that's happened to you because it is alive and active. So I was reading in James 1, 2 through 4, if you want to turn there. James 1, 2 through 4. Okay. It says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. I about fell out of my chair that morning. I was weeping, crying, praying in tongues. I was like, oh, Lord. My kids, Daniel said to David, is she okay? And David said, yeah, she's just praying in tongues. And they just went on and played. So I don't know. <laughs> Hopefully I'm not traumatizing them. <laughs> but I was just stunned 
to see that what the Lord had spoken was coming back around. And when he spoke, you will lack no good thing. He was preparing me for the testing of my faith that was coming. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, lacking no good thing. So if our theology believes that the Lord never says no and there's no suffering, we need to check it, okay? Because it's not what the Bible says. He will use it for our good and his glory, but we are going to suffer. But he is with us through it all. That's the eternal hope is he's with us and then we'll be with him in eternity forever where there will be no pain and there will be no tears, that is our hope, but right now, as we walk through valleys, he will be with us. Okay, so let's turn to Romans 5, 3, and 4. Romans 5, starting in verse 3, says, Not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings, because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not disappoint us. So you're telling me, this is what this says. Y'all ready for school? Okay. We have suffering. I don't have nearly as good of handwriting as Paul, so prepare your heart. <laughs> suffering. Hope. What? Those does not go together in my mind. But what's right here? Process. And that's what we don't like. So when the crushing gets too difficult and when things get too hard, we don't persevere. So we don't get to the point of having character and we don't get to hope because we have to allow the Lord to crush us and we have to stay submitted to him in that process. Okay, so flip just a few pages over to Romans 15. Okay, we're going to be reading verse 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. He fills us with all joy and peace as... We trust in him so that we may overflow with hope. Okay. Back to school. Here we go. Okay. So, I don't think I have enough room. I overestimated. 
Okay. Here we go. Okay, so this is what the scripture is saying. Ready? We have the God of hope. What is God of hope doing? Filling us. Okay, so God of hope is filling. Here's our cup. Here's our cup. Okay, he's filling us with joy and peace. As what? As we trust. So trust is our barrier so that we can overflow with hope. Okay? It's an equation for all you math people. Are you excited? Okay. So the God of all hope is filling us with joy and peace as we trust in him so that we may overflow with hope. But here's what happens. Fear, anxiety, it comes and it starts breaking our barrier of trust to the point where we can't ever get to the place of overflowing in hope. Okay, I have an example for you. I'm going to need... A beautiful, wonderful volunteer. <laughs> Paul. <laughs> okay. He's going to be my mic holder because I need four hands, apparently. Here you go. I'm going to, like, stand behind you and hide. Yeah. Here, you we'll, like, do the arm. <laughs> I really could look like a tree on this. <laughs> Okay, so what's this? <laughs> what does this represent? <laughs> Trust. <laughs> this is going well so far. Okay. <laughs> what's up, everybody? We didn't practice this. We should have worked on this at home. Should have worked on this this morning when we were brushing our teeth. Yeah, there you go. Okay. All right, here we go. So, God of all hope. He's filling us with joy and peace as we trust in him. Okay, as we trust in him to the point of overflowing. We're overflowing with hope, right? Praise the Lord. That's what we're going for. He told me not to do a water example. He said it would get messy. You feeling nervous? <laughs> He's taking the technology away. <laughs> not the Bible, <laughs> the clicker. <laughs> Okay, but then comes fear. What are some things we're afraid of? Failure? The future? I'm asking, what are some things we're afraid of? Other fear of people? Woo! Being without? Disappointing people? Fear of pain? Rejection? Is anyone fearful for their kids? Fearful for safety? Fearful about our health? Fear of finances? 
okay? So this is what fear is doing. So God does not stop filling us. He's filling us. But we're never getting to the place of overflowing in hope because we have so much fear that is emptying us as fast as he's filling us. So we're wondering why we never feel peace or joy or hope. It's because fear has stolen it. Okay? So, how do we restore our barrier? Trust. Fear does not have to be your portion and your story. You do not have to stay living in a place of fear. You can choose to trust the Lord and get back to a place of overflowing. Okay? All right. <laughs> you want me to give you the mic back now? <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, we're living in fear, and this is why we're never getting to the place of overflowing in hope. How do we restore our barrier of trust with the Father? We have four points for you. Number one, we take our thoughts captive and make them obedient to Christ. 2 Corinthians 10.5 says, We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. All fear comes from the lie that God is not really good, and God is not who he says that he is. You know what I hear when I read this scripture? Is that it's possible. This wouldn't be in the word of God if it wasn't possible. It would not be in the word of God if it wasn't possible to take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. I'm not saying it won't be a process. I'm not saying it won't be a learning curve. If you've been letting your thoughts go wild for your whole life, it's going to take some time. But it is possible. So number two... Meditate on the word of God. Psalm 1, 1 through 3 says, Blessed is the one who does not, take, does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers. But those whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night, that person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season. We need to be devouring the word of God. Like, I mean, but if we're saying we want revival and we don't read the Bible, I don't believe you. Okay? We have to be devouring the word of God. This is a gift to us. Jesus deflected every temptation from the enemy by quoting scripture. That was an example for us. He was showing us the scripture should be deep down inside of us 
so that we can deflect the enemy. Okay, number three, submit to the Father. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to him, and he will make your path straight. If you have given your life to the Lord, you do not call the shots anymore. And this is something that the Lord has really been dealing with me on. Okay, I think we can feel like we have it all laid down, but then something changes. We're like, whoa. <laughs> uh, I, okay, I'm losing earrings. It's getting wild up here. Okay. <laughs> um, we're actually 100% flexible as long as everything's exactly how we think it should be. Okay? So we have to lay down our lives and what we think they're going to look like before the Lord, and we have to submit to the process. So when we prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed, prayers of faith, fully believing that the Lord would give us another biological child, and he said no, am I just going to argue with him? Am I going to turn on him? Am I going to say this pain is going to turn into a barrier because I'm offended with you? Because I know he could heal me. I know that he can. But he chose not to. It really is like, oh, that doesn't fit in my theology. But really, we've put our faith in faith instead of our faith in God. We cannot put, our faith isn't like a sword that we wield around. You know, like it's not all up to us. It's not like if I have enough faith, I can make anything happen. If that were true, I'd be a millionaire. Hello, okay? So we have to put our faith in God, not our faith in faith. And we have to submit to the Father in what he says. We have to submit to the Father for where we work. We have to submit to the Father for where we live. We have to submit to the Father for who he brings into our lives to be in relationship with. We have to submit to the Father because he knows best. You know, we live in a generation that wants Everyone wants to be different, and everyone wants to be special. And it's like, okay, but we have to submit. And that's more important than being an individual, is being submitted. Okay, number four, cast out fear. Second Timothy 1.7 says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Sound mind! Okay, I won't make you listen to me again. <laughs> um, but I feel like this is, guys, we live in a society right now where fear is so accepted as a norm. It's like, I, I'm just an anxious person, and I just have panic attacks. It's just who I am. No. Like, he died for more than that for you. He died for your complete healing. He died for your full freedom. So I feel like the Lord wants to 
expose for some people the fear that you've been living in because it's become such a norm to you that you don't even realize. You think living in fear is just normal. So a few things I felt like the Lord spoke to me about being red flags, red flag that fear is a stronghold in your life is that you always go to worst case scenario. Red flag. If you're scenario building in your head, red flag. Not everyone daydreams about disaster. <laughs> I wasn't trying to be funny, but Paul likes that. <laughs> like, really, though. Like, I know for some people that's such a norm. If you're daydreaming about disaster, the Lord is trying to expose to you this morning, there's a stronghold of fear. And guess what? He's here to break it off this morning. Another thing that I felt like he... We're going to love this one. Constantly wanting to be in control of situations is actually a manifestation of fear. Okay? So control, worst case scenario. Always waiting for the other shoe to drop. It's living in fear. And the Lord wants to free you of that this morning. He doesn't want you to live that way any longer. So along with that, I think a lot of us are like, oh yeah, I'm fearful. And the Lord wants us to make war on it in 2023. He doesn't want this to be just who we are any longer or some small issue like well yeah I'm fearful but it's not that big a deal it's that big a deal because it's doing this and this is why you're never overflowing in hope so if you want to feel the fullness of what Christ died for you're going to have to make war on fear and recognize that it is a life-sucking python not just some little kitty cat to keep in your house and pet we have to cast it out in the name of jesus you know we need to get a backbone about this and say no more like i'm not doing this anymore jesus died for more and i am not going to live in fear So I felt like the Lord showed me this week. I was praying. I was like, what is the deal? Like, why is the warfare so strong? What is going on? And I felt like he said that there's a spirit of hopelessness that's trying to track several of you down. And that he would have me walk through the year of hopelessness, walk through the year of restoring hope, and then get up here and tell you a little bit about it so you could get the spirit of hopelessness broken off of you. So go read your Bibles about hope, okay? Do find your own about what he's saying to you. But I just 
wanted to share the nuggets of what the Lord has given me and then make room for the Lord to do his ministry. Because I think what was happening in worship, this is a little, right now, this is like, here's an explanation of what's happening. We're going back in. Okay? So if you'll just close your eyes and pray with me. Let's lean into what the Father has this morning. Jesus, we thank you that you came to set us free. That you came to reveal the Father. That you died to set us free. Father, would you find a holy desperation in this place to walk in all that you died for? To not settle any longer for the status quo. To not settle any longer in our anxiety and our fear and just think it's normal. Father, would you open our eyes to the places that fear has a stranglehold on us. He did not die on the cross for you to have anxiety every time your kids go to school. He did not stay in the grave for three days for you to be fearful about that next test for your health. He did not shed his blood and rise again for fear to rule your life. He did that so that you can overflow with hope. striving. It's his perfect love that casts out fear. You can't cast it out of yourself. You can't strive to a place of peace. You have to receive. You feel like there are a few specific people that the Lord wants to minister to this morning. specific groups of people but I feel like first he wants to minister to the people that feel like a spirit of hopelessness has been tracking you feel like a spirit of hopelessness has been tracking you, I just want to invite you to the altar. I believe that there's freedom in this place this morning. And we have people who are willing to come pray for you and break it off of you in the name of Jesus.
the second group that I feel like the Lord wants to minister to is if you feel like the Lord has revealed to you this morning that you function, you operate, you walk in fear, that you would come forward and get free this morning, that you would leave it on the altar right now forever, saying, I will not control out of fear anymore. That I will not live every day in fear, but I will trust who you are. Because fear is a misunderstanding of the character and the nature of God. That He is good. He is always good. He's never changing. Even if you go through a valley, He will be with you. That our hope is not in what the Lord can give us, but our hope is in Him alone. go in the name of Jesus. Shuba Radakia. That you would be washed in the love. That you would begin to fill in those holes the fear of made in your trust barrier with him. That he would fill them in with his goodness and his kindness. I feel like the Lord said that there are some in here who your spirit has just been broken by life. And you need help learning to hope again. And if that's you, I just want to invite you forward. I feel like there's a fresh filling of hope for the humble. A fresh filling of hope for the humble this morning. for your brothers and sisters. Let's be the body this morning. Let's help our brothers and sisters get breakthrough in the name of Jesus. We say that fear is not our portion any longer. That we would be a people that are filled with faith. That we would not believe that horrible things are coming our way. But we would know that the that Jesus and the Spirit will be with us every step of the way. Not too late. If you need to get your hopes up for 2023, come forward. Let's humble ourselves. 
and believe for hope this morning.